Um, all right. So I vaguely remember it being sort of like late-ish afternoon when, like, bordering on evening when you guys finished up at the diner. And I'm going to say not much time has passed. So it's just sort of starting to get, like, the sun starting to set in the city as you guys head out. Mm. And let's see who we start with. Um, we are going to start with the Noodle House. All right. So, um, yeah, you go to the address that Vindictive told you, and uh, there is, in fact, uh, a Noodle House there. Sort of, uh, like, got that, like, nice sign that's clearly been up for a while and is, like, too dirty to really clean, but not dirty enough that it's worth paying to, like, uh, power wash it sort of thing. Ah, uh, yes. The, uh, the Vancouver special. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, I yeah, uh, yeah. So Delphi is gonna head in. With, All right, uh, and Jean will follow in behind, and Station will follow in behind her. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, on the way there, uh, Station asks uh, Delphi, "Hey, um, do you want me in my costume for this, or do you want me to change into my troublemaking outfit?" Probably better if you're in your troublemaker outfit. Dope. All right, be back soon, and you see him like run out through the tunnels. And he comes back, and he's wearing, like, uh, sort of, like, uh, black pants, a black sort of, like, long-sleeved shirt. And he's kind of got a, um, like, the the old-school Daredevil thing, where it's, like, a, a beanie that he's kind of pulled over his eyes. Uh, that he's cut two holes out of, basically. So he looks like a robber from a kid's cartoon. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Delphi's in a big red cloak. Yep. All right, so Delphi follows in. Uh, so you enter into the Noodle House, and it's pretty quiet. It doesn't seem like you've hit, um, like, the dinner rush. It seems like the lunch rush had happened, and they're kind of gearing up for it. Uh, and you see sort of a guy standing at the counter who's kind of, like, divvying his duties between, like, you know, doing stuff in the kitchen and keeping an eye on the front of the house. And then he comes up, and he's like, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, what would you like? Um... Sorry, what was the name of the, the this one this gang leader again? Arjit Singh. We'd like a meeting with Arjit Singh. Oh yeah, yeah. Hold on one second. And he just sort of goes back to doing what he was doing, like almost as if like you guys weren't even there. And you know, he just keeps doing it. Doesn't seem like he's calling anybody. Just somebody is there. And then all of a sudden, you um, hear a voice from behind you go, "Ah, don't mind him. He's a little um, focused for the dinner rush, if you understand." And you turn around, and somehow, standing behind you is a, a sort of short-ish Middle Eastern man. He's got salt and pepper hair, um, sort of like a, a, a red burgundy button-up shirt, and a pair of, like, gray slacks. And he's kind of just, like, smiling, as if he's, like, looking at an old, like, a very warm smile, as if he's talking to, like, an old friend. I must admit, though, I did not think that I expected visitation so soon from... Sorry, who might you be? I am... Uh, Delphi, a representative of Torch. Uh, I was told that I, this is where one comes to uh, meet with you. And you can kind of see that he's mulling this over. That is an inter- that is certainly interesting. I would be honored to have such esteemed guests, but obviously I have not seen you before, and your friend there does not exactly look like a member of Torch. Uh, I am more of a, uh, background member, uh, though, uh, uh, Epimethea does send her regards, and, yeah, and, uh, she'll just pull out one of the gold coins and, like, 
hand it to him. Okay. And she says, ah, well, hmm, such such gifts. Please, if you wouldn't mind setting it on the table for the time being. Mm -hmm. But I suppose that means that you are at least somewhat trustworthy. I'd imagine someone of less esteem would try to simply shoot me on sight. <laughs> Please sit down, sit down. And he sort of like gestures over to a sort of a booth in the, the back corner of the restaurant. And he sits down and he gestures for the two. Uh, it's a, Sorry, it's not a booth. It's a table. And he sort of like gestures for both of you guys to sit down across from him. Yep. Yeah. Delphi will sit down and place the coin on the table. All right. Ah, very good. Very good. Um, now, what exactly does Torch want with me, a humble merchant? Uh, Torch has, uh, been led to believe you are, uh, a, um, person who know who controls policy for the collective. And at this, he kind of raises an eyebrow and says, ah, <laughs> you hear many things on the streets these days. Why exactly is Torch interested in policies of a street gang? Well, the problem is the, uh, is the damage uh, the collective and other gangs vying for the empty territory the harpy used to control uh, spilling over to uh, civilians mostly ah yes of course heroes that makes sense and then what pray tell are you trying to do about it well uh, before uh the Harpy's territory became unoccupied. We were under the belief that most of the gangs had uh, been run out by Marino uh, and that he would be our primary concern uh, as far as organized crime in the city. And with that, you just kind of see him like sort of nodding along as if he is agreeing with what you're saying. Uh, but with the uh, recent uh, hostilities, it's become distracting uh to constantly to uh come and break up fights between your your gangs uh when we could be focusing on a much larger threat a threat that also uh is a threat to you as i as whoever ends up winning your fight for this territory will inevitably come under fire for from marino in his attempt to regain total control of the city well, that is a very good point. But, well, we have backings of many, many powerful members. Merchants, of course, I'm mm -hmm. speaking of. Overseas, would it not that we, would it not that this um, collective, you said? Could it not be that they are the ones that could simply supersede the other organizations and hold their ground? Uh, well, the problem is, is that in the superseding of these other organizations, you would inevitably come, they could, uh, come into violent conflict, putting civilians in danger, bringing Torch to have to resolve things like they were resolved earlier today between the Rollers and the True Iron Devils. Mm. Yes, I heard about that. Nasty business. Mm-hmm. Now, so then what exactly are you the the ideally torch would like uh 
a cessation of violent hostilities uh, that could spill over uh, into the uh, into the civilian population. Uh, we now uh, this isn't quite the entire team's uh, view of things, uh, but if the problem uh, becomes unnoticeable, then there's no need to do anything about it. Uh, we don't. Uh, we quite honestly prefer to continue working against large threats like the uh, superhuman thugs uh, that uh, Marino employs, other uh, and his control over a majority of the city. Um, as long as things here are quiet, uh, we would be more than willing to keep Marino's attention elsewhere. And with this, he kind of like leans back in his seat and is thinking. And you believe you have the will to bring about this, uh, how you say, secession of hostilities? Well, we, uh, if nothing else, um, should there be a single dissenting opinion, uh, having it torch knowing who is willing to make peace and who isn't may change uh, who slips away when uh, Torch comes to break up fights. And with that, there's this, you see that warm smile come across his face and says, ah, yes, I see, I see. Well, I would say that as uh, a businessman myself, that I would very much also appreciate such a secession of hostilities if there were a third party to provide it. It may uh, be a bit uncouth to work with certain groups for our organization, but we are willing to cease such trivial matters if that can be provided as such. <laughs> well, uh, other people are speaking to the other uh, groups as we speak. Um, but I, if I can return uh, with uh, your consent to move forward with negotiations, I'm sure uh, it can do nothing but benefit your, you and your uh, group in the long run. Yes, I think that would work very well indeed. Um, but I would warn you of one thing in business, that unless there is ink on the contract, as it were, Previous agree, uh, previous actions tend to happen. I, I believe a simpler way of saying it is nothing stops until people are at the table, as it were. If you are working as quickly as you say, then this should not be an issue. But I do hope that you keep this in mind. As long as you keep in mind that as long as hostilities continue, Torch will continue to uh, intercede on behalf of the public. Uh, and it is not a my offer here is not uh, an offer of amnesty from anything that happens before the ink is on the paper mm, I see well then I will I will I believe I can speak on behalf of my organization when we would find this agreeable though I do hope that you are that this is brought to the table quickly after all if we are provoked, then things may be a bit more difficult to go forward. Uh, well, I 
like I said, I can only speak for what I can see in front of me. So uh, hopefully my colleagues are doing as good a job as I am. <laughs> Quite, yes. Now, I thank you for your patronage, but I really must be getting back to work. And he stands up and sort of like, you know, gestures for you guys to um, like head to the door. Uh, as you're doing this, the guy that was behind the counter like goes over to the table. Uh, he puts a bill in front of you and the bill has a custom note on it that uh, says um, that just says like how special. And then the num number at the bottom just says one gold coin. And he just takes the coin off the table and like heads back to the cashier. Yeah, uh, uh, Cassandra will actually put a fiver down, uh, <laughs> <laughs> because you, you know you got to tip your server. You got to tip, yeah. And he sees this, he's like, "Oh, thank you." And he takes the gold coin, he puts it on the little tray along with the five dollar bill, goes back to behind the counter, uh, opens the right, like puts the tip in the tip jar, and then opens the register, looks at the gold coin, and then goes, <laughs> "Ah!" And he like closes the register and he puts it in something underneath the counter. <laughs> And yeah. so, yeah, uh, Mr. Singh will sort of, like, gesture towards the, the door, and he says, I will keep in mind what we have said. And uh, hopefully your compatriots are having as good a night as we had. So a smash cut to, a, to an all-out bar brawl going on. <laughs> well, we'll find out. All right. Uh, so, yeah, actually, I think the, the next one that we're going to do is uh, the Pelicanetic. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Yes. I guess right. my job is a little less straightforward. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, how? So all you've really got to go on is the biggest concentration of true iron devils. How are you going to go about finding that? Okay, so first things first, uh, we have this surveillance network around the city, right? And we have access to uh, what's what's the term? Like police radio calls, right? Yes. Okay. So using kind of a combination of those, I think what Evelyn is going to do. She's going to put on her alternate costume and then go right back to that diner that they were outside of. Okay. Um, like right back in the neighborhood. And then she is going to sit there and kind of stake out that neighborhood using the, the surveillance network from her phone to see, you know, if there's any like suspicious activity going on in any certain, certain parts, any kind of reports of large groups of people, uh, if she can see anything on like security cameras. Um, and she is actually going to create a few birds to go and fly around. Now, this is something that she's never really done before, but in theory, you know, the birds are created as part of her, the, her own aura, right? And, and that is kind of an extension of her herself. And mm. so in a way, she should be able to experience what they experience, right? And so she can really concentrate. It, it, it may just be possible that she can hear through their ears, as it were. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to say that this isn't super high stakes. You're kind of doing this. Um, so you decide to send out a few birds as basically scouts. And eventually, as you're kind of sitting on the rooftop, sort of like deep in concentration, you kind of start, uh, like, one of the birds starts to, like, hear, like, you know, loud noises. Like, you hear the usual stuff, like the traffic did. It's actually, like, kind of difficult for you to parse through stuff because of traffic and just general noises that birds hear that humans don't. And other, and also senses that birds have that humans don't. Like, oh, wow, so this is what the magnetosphere feels like. Huh. 
But eventually, um, you do manage to, uh, like, one of your birds sort of comes across some sort of, like, bar that's playing, like, really loud music, like, to the point where uh, the bird can hear it, even when it's on, like, the outside. And sort of looking through its eyes, you get these, like, hazy visions of just tons of motorcycles parked out out front of this uh, this bar, effectively. <laughs> I will say that you do know that the, the true Iron Devils are a motorcycle gang. Yes. Well, that seems as promising as ever. She's going to pay for her coffee and uh, head out. See uh, see what she can see on the street. All right. So you get to the location of this bar. And yeah, there are a lot of like, this is, a, it's not super far from the diner, but it's not exactly walking distance. It's like a five minute drive, you'd think. And yeah, you get to this bar and there's a ton of motorcycles outside. And you can actually see that there's like a couple guys outside in what looks to be like a smoke pit. And you can see the true Iron Devils logo on, like, the back of their jean jackets. Oh, boy. Whew. All right. Evelyn's going to kind of square her shoulders. Moment of truth. Time to dive in. Uh, and she's going to adjust her mask and then just walk right up to them. All right. Uh, so out of curiosity, the old costume has, like, a lot of technology hanging off it, right? Right. Yeah. It was basically, like, a modified wetsuit that she was wearing a lot of like neoprene it was not very like uh flexible or anything she's taken most of the gadgetry out the, the important part is there was a, a built-in uh kind of hood and a, a a mask that covered most of her face that's that's the only bit that she really cared about because it's identifiable but it might not immediately identify her as the pelicanetic mm, okay so you, uh, so you, so as you start walking up to them, you actually like, uh, so you start like getting closer and closer. Uh, one of them seems to notice you. It's like, hey, what the hell is that? Think it's one of the homeless around here? No, it's not the homeless. Look at all that stuff on it. What the hell? Hey, you lost or something? No, not at all. I think I am right where I need to be. I'm looking oh. for percent. And at that, they kind of like look back, and you can kind of see them like brace a little bit, and then they just go. Who's asking? Torch. We have a... We'd like to talk business. What the fuck? How do we know you're from Torch? I mean, after all, there's a lot of weird shit that happens in this city. How do we know you're not, uh, you know, one of those? Or one of Marino's men or one of the other rogues? That's a good question. That's a good question. Um, do we have, like, a business card? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you... We don't. But you also have a power that's fairly distinct and oh, also, yes. like, you know, pretty good signifier of your identity. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Um, well, uh, I mean, you may have heard of uh, what happened this morning with Torch, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, you may have, may have heard of uh, some weird shit running around, something like uh, something like this. And she's just going to exert herself that the tiniest amount of effort can create... Uh, a, a phantom bird, not not too big, not too obvious, not like a whole ostrich or anything, but like uh, you know, just kind of like on the, on the street next to her, and then immediately it'll dissipate. Huh? Wait, didn't they say something about a girl, uh, somebody with birds? I mean, maybe. Fuck if I can remember. Well, point I mean, is, I point is, uh, I got I got powers, I got abilities. I, I'm not just some rando wearing a mask. Uh, I'm not here to cause any trouble, though. Like I said, I'm, I'm here to talk business. All right, then. Oh, this is the harpy everyone's been talking about. 
Did the harpy do that? I don't fucking know. Nobody yeah. said she could create birds. They said she was a bird. <laughs> All right. Oh god, she's gotten stronger. You gotta tell me if you're a bird. <laughs> uh, all right. But you like so they they seem to believe you, but you can clearly tell they're still a kind of bit uneasy. And they're like, you go in and tell them. You fucking do. You fucking tell them. All right. Wait here a second. And uh, one of them sort of runs off into the bar, and like they keep a pretty close eye on you. And it very obviously seems like they're ready to try and jump you if something goes fishy. And all of a sudden, you hear, like, the the music in the bar, like, it slowly gets quieter and quieter and quieter. And all of a sudden, the guy that went back in sort of, like, pops back out. It's like, uh, yeah, he'll talk. Come on in. Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, so you walk into this bar. There is no music playing. Every single person, or at least the good goddamn majority of them, is wearing some sort of true Iron Devil's paraphernalia. And they are all keeping a very, very close watch on you. Like, some of them have even, like, grabbed onto, like, pool cues and just have bottles in their hands. And you'd estimate there's probably about, like, 30 or so people just, like, in the area that you come in initially. All right. Evelyn is going to do her goddamn best to keep her cool. Good <laughs> thing she's wearing a mask that covers most of her face. <laughs> just, whoo, whoo. And uh, all of a sudden... There's like a, uh, the sound of footsteps coming down from uh, like a stairwell behind the bar. And a guy comes out. He's got like, he's a pretty big, you know, kind of heavy, like uh, muscular build. He's got like a cutoff jean jacket. Uh, he's got a faux hawk that's running down his head. And he kind of goes, ah, so apparently a hero wants to talk with us. And why is that then? Hmm? Uh, do you mind if I take a seat? Be my guest. This won't take a moment of your time. And uh, as you guys sit down at a table, the group of people, like, shifts so that there's always, like, an equal amount of space between where you are and, like, the edge of them. So, uh, uh, like our associate here uh, told you, I'm sure, I rep I'm here representing Torch. Now, uh, I understand that you you might be uh, wary, especially after what happened this morning, but, but it is actually that incident... Uh, and kind of the events that precipitated that incident that, that I'm here to talk to you about. Oh, you mean when my boys were taken out by a bunch of no-nothing assholes? And the entire bar like goes, ah! And, uh, hmm. Deny yeah. it. But, uh, listen, I'm, I don't, I'm sure I don't need to give you a history lesson about, about this area, but, well, let's just say... We've had our eye on this neighborhood for a long time, since the Harpy's time and even before then, and we're a little concerned about the direction things are going in. Right now, and again, I'm, I'm, no, I'm sure you know all this, I'm just putting it out there so that you know that I know, there's a, 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 a power vacuum. There's a, a, a different groups vying for control of the neighborhood to perhaps use it as a staging area to then go after the larger Merino territory, or to at least establish a foothold in the city. Our job as a, a hero group, whatever you want to call it, is to maintain the peace, is to protect the people. And I gotta say, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, right? See, look who I'm talking to. We, obviously, we are not too happy about the way things are going. You know, collateral damage, damage to businesses, potential violence in the streets, it, it, it's not good for anybody. And I guess what I'm here today to, 
to do is to convince you that it's not good for you either. So uh, you want to play the peacemakers? Essentially, yes. Uh, I, I, I get that it's a bit unorthodox, and I mean, you, you seem to have a pretty good spot established here already, but hear me out. Marino is big, bigger than you know. He is not the kind of guy that you want to fuck around with. We know, because we've dealt with this, that he has supers available to him that he is not hesitant to use when it comes right down to it. But, you know, Marino's a smart guy. He's going to pull his punches until the last minute. It is, it's kind of a... a <laughs> the way I see it, he's going to stay out of this and let all the groups in this area whittle themselves down and then come in and stamp down whatever, whatever is left. And that's not going to be good for anyone, right? Then Marino's going to control this neighborhood, give him a majority share of the city, and it's just going to be bad all around. But the way we see it, if... If the groups that are now taking up the space in this neighborhood, the Harpy's Old Territory, can work together, if you can at least agree to disagree and share the space in a peaceful way, you might be able to establish enough of a presence, just have enough people in one area that Marino doesn't even dare step into here. And then you've got a foothold. Then you've got a spot in which you can make things happen. Now, I don't want to know about that, those details specifically, again, my job is to reduce the amount of violence happening. See where I'm getting, whatever I'm going at, where I'm coming from? Well, 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 you've done your homework. I must admit, the idea of Marino using this has crossed my mind. But we, well, we're the true Iron Devils! And the, the bar sort of erupts to the cheer again. We've managed to face down our betrayers in our own organization we've held our ground so far i don't see why we can't do it against some pansy collective outfit and a bunch of uh gangbangers that came off a high street and even marino fuck his supers we've got men yeah and why exactly so why exactly should i go along with this i admire uh, your perseverance, and, you know, I, I respect your position, and I, I think you, you are uh, in a pretty powerful position here yourself, but I know that you are a man who who knows a good deal when he sees it, and you are the, the kind of man who likes to get a cut of whatever's going on. And if I am? So, I'm gonna kind of part the veil here. When I'm not running around in a mask putting myself in incredibly dangerous situations like this for uh, next to no pay, I do a lot of project management. And I think you and I can kind of approach this from the same perspective. You know, one of the great, one thing that a lot of people look down upon and it is not really ever given the credit that it's due is versatility, is the is having a diversity of options. Now, I, I, I do not want to say, I do not want to insinuate that the true Iron Devils don't know how to pull themselves up uh, out of a tricky situation, you know, kind of think on their feet, think on the spot. But, and this might seem a little counterintuitive at first, but, but, but hear me out. Having more people with different ideas around, even if they're competitors, is almost always good for business. 
there are, of course, advantages to having a monopoly. But I think in this particular case, those advantages do not present themselves. And why is that? For example, well, tell, tell me a bit about, about your business. What, what, well, uh, <laughs> maybe that's too sensitive of a question. You're not, you're not going to reveal those kinds of things. Let's say you're trying to move goods through a neighborhood from one side of the city to the other, right? And he kind of indulges, like he just sort of motions like, mm. <laughs> You're going to charge a premium on the security that you provide for moving those goods. Well, if you are the only outfit in town that moves those goods, those kinds of fees could be seen as, well, I don't want to be crass, but extortion. However, if there is a, a little bit of healthy competition in the air, you can justify those kinds of prices as protection, and you can charge as much as you want. Now, imagine that's the case, but imagine that the other outfits that are in your area are actually not a threat. Your customers don't have to know that, but you can work together to manufacture an environment in which everybody makes more money. You go to the next PowerPoint slide and it just says synergy on it. <laughs> <laughs> this is just, you know, it, it is a, a different way of doing business. It's a different way uh, of project management. It, it takes a little bit of getting used to, but in the end, it, it requires maybe more finesse, but a lot less putting fists to faces. And that, that, that is, again, what I'm trying to negotiate here. Now, other members of Torch have gone around and, and we are speaking to the other groups that are in this area. And, and the idea is we would like to get you to sit down with the other, other, other bosses and, and maybe consider talking it out, you know? Would you do that for me? I want you to know something right now. The only reason that we haven't tried rolling you and kicking out a cunt your teeth is because I've heard that Torch got one of our boys to the hospital before he died. So know that you're asking a fucking lot and you're already on thin fucking ice. I can appreciate that. Yes. And well, I mean, like you pointed out, Again, I'll say it again, our job here is to protect people. It doesn't really matter who those people are. We don't want anybody to die. We don't want anybody to get hurt. This is a way for you to coexist with the other folks in this neighborhood, be them civilians or other gangs. It's a big ask, I understand that. It is a shift in frame of reference. It's not something that's gonna come easy, but I think, I really do believe this, that there is a way that it could work out. And what, you think, and what, Torch is just going to get the members of the High City Rollers and the Collective to sit down for a nice chat, eh? You think you've got that kind of gull? I mean, I'm here, aren't I? Like, one of the guys kind of like, uh, like you see a guy behind you and he, like, behind Percent, and he's just kind of like shrugs, he goes like, eh, it kind of has a point. But Percent remains kind of firm, he says, you get the other two to a fucking meeting and maybe maybe i'll agree to that if we can come to terms but i ain't budging an inch no way no how until i know what that is hell i know you're just some meta homeless person that's managed to talk her jaw away a bit so you get me that guarantee and we'll see but nothing fucking stops until i have it savvy all right sounds good to me uh 
I guess that's it for me. Uh, I appreciate you entertaining my uh, uh, my ideas for now, and I appreciate you uh, letting me leave here with all of my teeth. Hmm. Right. Now fuck off. <laughs> and with that, percent gets up off the table and sort of like goes back to behind the bar. And everybody in the room is just kind of, again, looking at you. And a small opening in the group has made way for the door. All right. Evelyn's going to get out of there. Okay. Ooh, nicely done, new kid. Go find a paper bag somewhere. Just sneaking, <gasps> sneaking mission successful. Rank S, <laughs> ghost rank. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, with that... We are now going to head over to Carsonon, and uh, what is the uh, the persona that Brandon has chosen to adopt, or is this just a no name persona? Uh, Brandon will, will say the persona's name upon uh, request. Upon request. Okay, so uh, and, um... and Carson obviously knows what it is because he has to introduce him. So I'll just okay. say I'll just say what if Carson has to introduce me. All right. So, so um... yeah. So these have all kind of happened concurrently. So. Yeah. It's kind of, like I said, about the sun sort of setting. So when you guys get to the diamond in the rough, um, you realize that, like, it's not entirely open. Like, there's obviously staff there that would be doing, like, prep work and other sort of stuff like that. But the club itself isn't actually open. Though, if you wanted to talk to, like, a manager, now might be the best time, considering it's not, you know, operational hours. Yeah, we're, uh, we're not coming by when it's busy. So they got the time to talk to folks like us. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, basically, yeah, we're going to come by outside. So from the outside, um, do I see anything like, uh, you know, the requisite bouncer out uh, at the front door with a clipboard or anything like that? No, it's it's still in the opening, like the opening mm-hmm. sort of thing. So the door is closed, but and like uh-huh. it's just kind of the club facade. You do know that it's unlocked probably for, you know, workers to come in and out just so that they don't have to go through like a back entrance. Yeah, I guess we might have to knock. Okay, then. So, um, so yeah, I'm scoping this out, taking a look, and then I'm going to turn and, um, yeah, I'm going to turn to Brandon. So, okay, well, looks like a pretty ordinary club on the surface, but uh, inside it could be anything. So, you ready? And I turn and I see... Uh, from behind, what what you actually see is not much because uh, there is a large figure. So Brandon is actually pretty built. He's not like quite as large as Mr. Medium, but he's still pretty tall and uh-huh. like in pretty good shape. So what what you actually see is just a guy in what looks like a cloak who is just following behind uh, uh, Carsonon. Are you aware? Like, is it just the cloak? Do you have like shades or a domino mask on or anything like that? Well, the cloak is covering is is. It's oh, it's one of those hooded fa- cloak, yeah. Yeah, the the kind where you can't see the face, even though you probably would be able to. But the shadows are just right where you can't see the per- the face. Of course, yes. True dick ass rogue energy. Yeah, but just like this Dude, big like... looming cloaked person. All right, for dramatic purposes, solid ten out of ten. Like this is fucking awesome. Okay. The, the club um, nods. Mm-hmm. All right. So, our goal is pretty simple. We're going to go in. We're going to talk to them about the possibility of sitting down and hashing things out with the other leaders because, frankly, everything that they've been doing so far is just going to get a lot of people hurt and killed. And once they're t- tired of each other out, then Maria's going to go in for the kill and wipe them all out. All right. So, what do you guys do? Like I said, the, the front door of the club is open. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm going to head over to the front door, and if it's open, I'm going to head inside and just wait there, um, you know, just as a superhero for somebody to come over and, uh, you know, ask if they can help me or to tell me to come back when the club's open. Yeah, so you go inside, and it's a strip club with the, the house lights on, so, you know, it's uh -huh. just... Kind of, it's got like you know, it doesn't have like the black lights or anything like that. Uh, you don't see anyone like out on the main floor. Uh, there is a bartender who is behind. He was clearly like doing stocking up for the next day, and uh -huh. so when he turns around and notices you got out of the door, he's like, uh, "Hey, man, club's not open for another couple hours. Also, we got a strict no masks policy." So, uh, and he gives you like the motion to you know like go away. We are here to speak to Darius Williams. And with that, the bartender, like, stops and starts looking at you. He crosses his arms and kind of looks at you and says, Huh, seems a lot of people want to talk with Darius Williams. Why the hell do you want him? You don't exactly look like one of those, uh, Marino boys, if I do say so myself. We are members of Torch. Oh, yeah, I thought you looked familiar. What about, uh, your boy in the back there? And he sort of motions to the uh, the cloaked figure behind yeah. you. Mm -hmm. He's with me. The cloaked figure just looks, just, just kind of like leans its head where so it's clearly looking at him and, and says nothing. Uh-huh. And uh, this Williams guy, what exactly do you want to talk to him about? Some trouble in the neighborhood recently. And that we might be able to help him with the situation. So that... All of this trouble goes away, and it's mutually beneficial for a lot of people involved in this. You're saying Torch is negotiating? The, this is something that I have words for only with Darius. Close the door. I do so. Man, I should have figured you guys weren't with Marino. Marino's usually a bit more subtle. So, what do you want to talk to me about? Uh, and, so... and you realize now, as you're sort of getting closer, that... Yeah, this bartender actually has a pretty good passing, like, resemblance to that mugshot photo you saw. Huh. Well then, uh, like, what does he look like as a dude? Um, um sort of, uh, sort of, uh, he's, uh, black, he's got a bald head, uh, mm -hmm. sort of, like, a couple pierced ears. He's sort of wearing, like, a, a bartender's uniform, so, you know, like, a button-up shirt with slacks. Uh, his sleeves are rolled up. Uh, but beyond that, like, you know, other than that, just looks pretty, like, yeah, which, you know, and his face obviously matches the mugshot that you, like, is similar enough to the mugshot where it's like, huh, like, if it's not him, it's probably someone that's got a very close relationship to him. He looks like a guy. Okay, yeah. then. All right. So, um, yeah. Is there somewhere where we might be able to talk in private or would this place be sufficient? This is fine. I mean, after all, it, uh... You don't exactly seem like you're the type gunning from my head, so let's talk. May we take a seat? Any gestures towards some of the seats? Okay, um, I pull one out for uh, Brandon, question mark, and then one for myself, and take a seat. Okay, so and again, Joey, he like, are, finishes are, doing the thing that he does, and then he goes, So, yeah. what exactly does Torch want with me? We are aware that at the moment there is a little bit of a disagreement between a few, shall we say, interested parties here in Pacific City, including the Collectives, the True Iron Devils, and um, just double check, sorry, the name of the last group is... Um, the High City Rollers. Thank you, High City Rollers, that's it. And the High City Rollers. 
Yeah, well, anybody could have told me that. So mm. what I suppose you're superheroes. You want to stop this somehow. And that's why you've shown up to negotiate. You seriously trying to get a peace treaty? We are looking for the option where nobody gets hurt, including civilians, given the fight that broke out outside the diner last night. I told them they should have waited for those fuckers to finish before they did that. God, never mind. All right. So what exactly are you doing with this? Well, and I'm just settling in a bit further. Um, and it's clear that you all understand that there is a bit of territory for the taking right now with the absence of one individual known as the Harpy. And that at the moment, with such a prime piece of real estate up for grabs, everybody wants their own slice of the pie. But something that may have escaped the attention of a few parties involved, without pointing fingers, is the presence of a figure named Marino, who I'm sure you've heard of. What, you think we didn't fucking know about him? Yeah, of course we fucking know about him! He's been breathing down our goddamn necks for the last five god for the last couple years! And he, like, mm -hmm. throws down the bar towel that he has on his shoulder, like, on the, the, the bar pretty forcefully. Yeah, Look, and he... <laughs> I don't need to tell you when exactly some guy in a suit comes around to an impoverished neighborhood and starts talking about how y'all just need to cooperate! Look, I know uh, about fucking Marino. Mm -hmm. But we're not exactly giving up our old neighborhood without a fight. And I understand that. And I understand that the High City Rollers are very accomplished in that field. But I am concerned that Marino may be a figure beyond any single one of you. And that the situation simply enough is that he is waiting in the wings, watching as the three of you whittle each other down before he swoops in and takes the entire area for himself. Man, Nima, do you think I'm dumb? Do you think I haven't realized that's exactly what he's planning to do? We don't got a choice, man. The Collective smells blood in the water. We've been bleeding things since those raids back on our leadership back in the day. Marino's made it worse. Everybody just knows that we're basically an old man trying to kick us down. We gotta fight. It's the only way that they see how it comes. I don't see exactly how you people are gonna fix this. My associates are also talking to the Collective and the Triron Devils. You shitting me. We are entirely serious about our promise to protect people. We want to see that this can come to a peaceful resolution. We are willing to talk. We are willing to set up a negotiation to ensure that not only can this not come to blows and that all of your members get to go home at night, but also that the three parties involved in this are able to maintain a profit without a vulture like Marino swooping down and finishing off whoever might be left. And you can kind of see that Darius is like, he clearly sees this as a, like, he's clear, kind of conflicted because it clearly seems like this does seem like a good deal, but obviously a guy just rolling up into his, like, rolling up onto him and saying that, oh, this is what's going to happen is the manner of cause. And he's just kind of like, so what? You managed to get fucking whoever the fuck his name is to the collective and a percent motherfucker. And you managed to get him into a room. That is currently what we're hoping to do. Hoping to do. No guarantee. I mean, they might not be the easiest people to talk to. I'm sure you can understand this. But the people of Torch, as well as myself, we're all very determined to see this done peacefully. If you can manage to get those motherfuckers to agree to a sit-down, I'm not exactly going to stand in the way of it. I got a few demands, but I'm not exactly, but I'm going to realize that this is probably a good shot as any. 
But let's get one thing fucking straight. Until that sit down happens, nothing stops. You get, you feel me? I, si- I simply nod at this. I understand that a simple offer of diplomacy may sound too good to be true, something that isn't easily realized. But we do want to make sure that we can protect as many people as possible. Not just civilians, people. And if we can save some lives by doing this, then not only do you have the word of myself, Carson on, but all the other members of Torch that we will try to ensure that this doesn't end poorly for anybody. Well then, well, you referred to us as people and puts you ahead of the cops at least. <laughs> all right, if you can get that sit down, I'll bring the group to the rounds. Like I said, I got some demands. Don't expect me to be coming in there thinking that they can just say what they want. But if you can do this, that's a big fucking if. You can do this. We'll sit down to talk. A big if. I understand. And if that big if turns into a when, then we will contact you again about this with further details. Yeah. Now, uh... I can't serve you anything because the liquor license doesn't kick on till a bit of, a couple hours later. So uh, if you wouldn't mind, I've got prep work to do. I understand. You're looking at a busy night ahead. And so, yeah, with that, I slowly get up from the stool and just turn to look at um, Brandon. The cloaked figure follows you. Okay. Uh, it, and, and it motions. It motions that it's going to leave and follows you. Okay, I give give Darius a nod and head out the door. Okay. And, yeah, like, my first instinct with a lot of criminals, similar to Darius Williams, has been to, you know, hit first, ask questions later in some respects, or do the Batman thing, but this is a diplomacy case, so against all my instincts, I was just fighting down the, you know, um, Batman approach to, you know, do this properly. Uh, Come to the negotiation table. Punch, punch, punch. Yeah. <laughs> so, as, as you leave, uh, Brandon takes the hood off, and you see underneath Brandon was also wearing sunglasses. Okay. Um, and, and Brandon's like, oh, It was tough okay, staying so, in character for so long. Speaking Truly of, one of the my most difficult roles. What character was that? Well, you see... <clears throat> Chad Knuckles is a very uh, internally complex man. Um, what is this Grasshopper Studios fucking name? <laughs> you see, his... And, and at this point, um, Brandon starts going into the deep inner world of this character and how his, he is constantly conflicted during the conversation and how, and how he had... Brandon clearly had an, an entire like dialogue in his own head about uh-huh. what, how how Chad Knuckles was feeling, um, and seems to think that this is uh, uh, that that a lot of things were happening, and that he was somehow a part of it, despite standing uh-huh. behind just standing behind you the whole time and literally doing nothing except yeah. be a presence. Mm-hmm. Truly, uh, truly necessary for negotiations. Truly, it was really touch and go there for a while. Um, uh-huh. it's tough to stay uh-huh. in that zone. You know, Chad himself, uh, very conflicted, w- wanted to, to jump in, but knowing that 
he his job is more important than anything to him. You see, Chad, and it, this continues uh, on the entire and, walk back as he explains Chad, yeah. Chad's backstory and how his his father was also a bodyguard well, and died in the line of duty. And... I am I am listening to all of this as we are walking back, and I am internally thinking that I am so grateful that he didn't explain this stuff while we were leaving the club. Mm-hmm. All right, so. Um... Uh, I'll say actually, since, uh, so basically I'm assuming that you guys get back to the base more or less at the same time. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, you see Gene and, uh, our session and Delphi, uh, station in his troublemaking outfit. Uh Uh-huh. And then the Pelicanetic comes in with her old costume and we all kind of look at each other and go like, so how did it go? Uh, yeah, I've got my helmet off. I'm going to sit down, pour myself a glass of water. I mean, Darius is reluctant as hell about this. He's touchy, understandably so. And he's not exactly trustful of this whole thing. And he said if we can get the other two to agree to a sit-down, then he'd be interested. Ha, that, that's funny. That's exactly what Percent said. Yeah. Actually? Three for he's... three, actually. <laughs> Jeez, okay. I mean, not much of a surprise, but I guess that's... A... Hmm. I mean, that's kind of acceptance, if all of them are at least willing to come to the table. Every single one says they'll do it. If the others do it, then uh, they'll all do it. It's like yeah. it's like uh, a romantic comedy or something where we're tricking two people to going on a date with each other by telling them that the other one likes them. Yeah, except this is, you know, to avoid people shooting each other. Right. But yeah, like a romantic comedy. So wh- what did it you get as a general feel for what these guys are looking for? Because it sounds to me like the uh, the collective wants to be able to do business without getting too much additional trouble uh, from us, uh, the other gangs, or Marino. Nice. Percent mm. is a real tough, tough guy. He, the High City Rollers are really proud, and it was it was very difficult to break through that kind of pride and ego. I, I just Sorry, a good uh, idea. Uh, Jonathan, you meant the true iron devils correct oh yes sorry um i I couldn't really get an idea of exactly what they were looking for but you know i think as long as in the negotiation they they don't actually have to lose any any territory that should be okay and uh what about darius darius uh yeah i mean kg is hell got a good head on his shoulders um you know um he understands that Marino is a threat, but at the same time, he hasn't really seen any other alternative aside from fighting. So when I said that, you know, we were talking to the other two parties about a sit-down and stuff, he was surprised. I don't know pleasantly surprised is the correct word to use, but um, yeah, basically he likes the idea that we're looking to protect everybody involved, not just civilians, but to ensure that there aren't any casualties for them either. He seems uh, quite um, focused on the reputation of his gang and how they are too. seen as an aged, um, weaker st- status gang. We may want to make sure that that does not become a point of contention, as it may cause him to leave immediately if his if the yeah, reputable I mean, the reputation of his gang is brought into question. We need to make sure that we don't intentionally disrespect him, but I mean, that's no guarantee that the other leaders might not do the same thing, so... 
Um, I, <clears throat> uh, as a minor threat, uh, mm. told the leader of the coalition that I that if one group backs out of the peace negotiations, if they are if they start making trouble with the others, we would be more lenient with those who we know are trying to keep the peace. I hope that's all right. I figured that's the only way we can really get them to trust them. Yeah. I mean, like Vindictive said, Torch's justice is more about justice than the numbers. So if a henchman or two gets away that helped us out, it's not exactly skin off our backs. Yeah, I am just wanted to make sure that nobody had an issue with that. I know that's a little bit... Whole thing uh, is such a gray area. Yeah, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Mm -hmm. You see that? Uh, see, having seen that everybody is like now back in the base and control services are no longer needed, Nat has gone right back into the workshop to continue working on their project. Well, I guess our next step is to try and figure out a date and time for all this sort of stuff. Though we probably want to do it soon. Sing more or less told us that. Until this sit-down happens, the thing, this whole situation is not going to get resolved. Yeah. I mean, the sooner the better, right? We don't want any, like, we, the whole point is to stop them fighting. We don't want anything happening in the meantime that could, you know, cause them to renege. Mm -hmm. Maybe we send out messages right now that, that everyone else has agreed to a sit-down and just demand a place in time. We are kind of the power brokers here. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess so. Where's a good place to meet, then? Um, what about the bar? Oh, wait, you mean like the Harpies old bar? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a well-known hangout for, for criminals. Uh, it's and deep also... in the Harpies territory. Uh, and also, I don't think that, that there's anything they could do to that bar that that bar hasn't already done to itself. Yeah. And... Also, I mean, nobody fucks with Sal. I mean, he's on too much cocaine. And he has so many knives. I've heard the wings there are quite good. Yeah, but you gotta eat them out of your hands. It's a little weird. Mm. I don't know. I mean, with both Darian and the Harpy gone, maybe somebody is finally doing the dishes. <laughs> they hired a new person that still can't do dishes somehow. It's like a curse. You will forever be eating wings ladled out of the bowl directly into your hands. Mm. All right. Well, I can head back to the noodle house and tell Sing the good news. Um, I was actually thinking something a little bit more dramatic, if you don't mind. Something where we can send a message directly, but also show that it's clearly from us. What? Yeah, if, if I never have to walk into the Trier Devil's Bar again, uh, I'll be happy. What, you want to, like, throw something through a window? I was thinking delivery birds. Oh! Huh. All right. I mean... This, this noodle house is just going about its business, and all of a sudden a peregrine falcon just smashes through the window with a message tied to its claw. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let, let's be honest. W would you stop a cassowary if it was running down the street at you? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, the Australians tried that. It didn't work out too well. Mm. But, but yeah, if we can just send out a, a few birds with, like, notes tied to them. I mean, sounds like a plan. And certainly indicates that it's from us. Yeah. And let's be honest, if they were, if they're really interested in uh, making the peace, 
uh, they won't risk being the the one group that doesn't show up on time if we dictate when and where. I suppose it is. Um, is that something that you can do, Evelyn? Uh, you know, I've never tried, but um, I think so. I, I should be able to do it from pretty long range. I mean, if all else fails, we can just pay Vindictive to just deliver the letters. Mm. Yeah, I wonder what his courier rates are. <laughs> no, I, I think I'll, I can take care of it. Mm-hmm. All right. And so, uh, by hook or by cassowary, you manage to deliver the various letters uh, indicating a time and a place for this meeting. Uh, I'm assuming it's soon, yes? Like, within the day? Uh, yeah. Like, if it's too late, it'll, we'll do it tomorrow. If it's early enough that we think everyone can get there immediately, we'll do it, like, as soon as possible. All right. Mm. Uh, it is starting to get pretty late by the time you guys get back. So, uh, let's say that you do it for tomorrow. Sometime, like, early in the day, so that it's just not like you're leaving it till the evening. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. And you send out the replies, and the only thing really left to do now is wait. And oh, with boy. that, I think we will call this episode to a close. Uh, All right. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. And uh, hopefully you uh, stick with us to see just how these negotiations are going to turn out. I'm sure nothing bad could possibly happen. Yeah, I mean, a whole bunch of gang leaders on the verge of erupting into all-out war. I mean, nothing could possibly go wrong. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, And with that, uh, we will bid you farewell. Good night, everybody. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Tumblr at listentothesenerds.tumblr.com or on Twitter at LTTNCast. All our music is sourced from Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can email us at listentothesenerds at gmail.com.